Welcome back to the Act 2 Podcast, the podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Halden. I don't know why I just yelled that. No, it's, we're fired up. <laughs> new year, new me. Happy New Year! <laughs> um, I know normally you're supposed to do gratitudes for Thanksgiving, but I feel very grateful at <laughs> this point in the year. And I'm grateful for you, Joshua. Wait, what are you grateful for? You. Oh. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I swear it froze. Like the second you said that, I was like, wait, you said what? Oh my God. I'm grateful for you too, Tasha. Um, thank you for waking up at 2.30 in the morning to be here. <laughs> You're welcome. I, um, uh. I've been up since 2.30. I actually have some thoughts real quick about my wake up. But since we are doing gratitude, I am. I'm very thankful for you, Paul the podcast, and anyone who's listening. I'm grateful for our listeners, too, because I feel like they allow us to talk about all of this weird stuff that would be mundane, I think, to anyone else except for those listening. Yeah. So thank you so much for allowing us to have this platform where we can talk about all the stuff that stresses us out and therefore you out because this is what writing is, stress for the rest of our lives. Wow, I should have come in. I came in on the wrong note. I didn't know we were coming in with happiness and gratitude. <laughs> yeah, it's a mix of gratitude and, and defeat, I guess, in that one. But no, no, no. no. We're no new way. year. Everything's amazing. It's going to be great. Yeah, the new year is the fresh. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reset. It's freshness. Yeah. It's in the yeah. air. Yeah, I'm excited. 2023 should be awesome. It should be awesome. It should be awesome. And if, by the way, if you're here because you made a New Year's resolution to listen to more podcasts and to take more control of your writing career, welcome to Act Two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, more we podcasts. are a network for everyday working screenwriters. And this podcast is just one of the things we do to engage and help our screenwriting community. And we love it so much. Should we also introduce ourselves for any new listeners? Oh, my God. We're like, we're. <laughs> Josh? <laughs> I don't think this is how podcasts work. I don't think a new year rolls around. Either. And then someone's like, you know what? It's January 1st. It's time for me but to But here's listen. the thing. I'm projecting because this is what I do. Oh, okay. Okay. No. Um, go back and listen to the rest of our episodes. You know, I have to get in the right headspace because yeah. just full discretion, we're a few days before the new year recording yeah. this. And so... I usually, I, I, when I come in, when it is 2023, I'm going to be just hot. So this next episode after this, I'll be probably flying. Yeah, well, that sucks because this is the episode where it's hot. Like, this is the topic that we love to talk about the most, which is like our our New Year's goals. Then I'm hot. But, <laughs> but Let's go. I'm, I'm going on my honeymoon, so we did have to record this a little earlier. But I'm really excited regardless because I'm starting to feel I had my meeting with my agents about the new year. I'm meeting with my manager soon about what we're going to like putting our heads together to really plan out 2023. So let's get in that headspace. Did you initiate the meeting or did they initiate the meeting? They initiated it before I could initiate it. How, what did their email, like, can you, can you sum up what their email said? Hey, Tasha, we should grab lunch before the end of the year. Oh, okay. Real, okay. Did you, did you know what you were going in for? You're like, all right, I'm going to lay out. So I was actually woefully unprepared for this one. It just snuck up on me, even though we had scheduled it like a month out. Mm. Um, we had it like the, the week before Christmas, before they were all leaving for the holiday. 
And I came completely unprepared. And we started to talk about, hey, the things that I want to do in the new year. And I don't think they were in the right vibe because we were at Smokehouse mm. and uh, they, they'd order champagne. I think for them, they... And it was like a really early lunch too. It was like brunch, oh. <laughs> like drinking champagne. But the, I think they, they had it more as like a congratulations on your year, Tasha. Here's lunch. And I was and I was coming in like, I want to talk about work. Yeah. And I don't think they were in the right mindset. So what I'm actually going to do is in the... <laughs> In January, I'm setting a new meeting and I'm like this and we'll talk about this on the podcast day. Like this is what I want 2023 yeah. to look like. Let's go. Did you have any champagne? I did. Yeah. Uh -oh. All right. I'm nervous for you. How'd that meeting go? <laughs> uh, oh, you know, like you definitely say I'm I'm awkward anyway. So I definitely say weird things. But my, my agents are are you know, joyfully awkward as well. So it all worked oh. out. We're all awkward. And my manager's awkward. We were all awkward. So it's oh, great. Jesus. Oh my God. We got pictures of ourselves because that Smokehouse, which is, for those who don't know, it's like this really classic restaurant in Los Angeles. It's been around forever. It's right next to the Warner Brothers studio lot. So it really has a lot of that old Hollywood feel. All the old actors would go there. George Clooney named his company Smokehouse after that restaurant mm -hmm. and um you go and you always get the garlic cheesy bread and then all the waiters are dressed in like white button down shirts with black vests and their mm -hmm. metal name tag on it they've also been there for years and so they came around like would you like your picture taken and i was like no no thank you and my agent was like yes we want pictures of all of us let's do it and so now i have um Photos. I love how you photos. don't love photos. You're like, <laughs> I hate photos. You're like, when someone takes a photo, you're like a vampire. You're like, why isn't she in this photo? There's, there's nothing Just here. Slink out. <laughs> yeah, you don't like photos, but you need it. You need to commemorate these times in your life. It's not wrong. That's why I went for it. I guess. We'll get into these goals, but I think I'm yeah. gonna pitch you on going for more photos in 2023. Okay, I think that's a good that's a good pitch. You know, I, I had a family member not to go not to go dark, but I had a family member pass away this year, and you know we're struggling to find photos, and mm -hmm. that's not where you want to be in your life. So more photos, more photos. I feel like we have a lot to discuss. We have a ton. Do you want to kick this off? Because I know you're rearing to go on this first bit. Is it is it the AI thing? Yeah, I might do. All right, here's the thing. Over the past couple of days, this is what happens when we go on a, a on a break. I was thinking a lot about AI. I was thinking about our conversations we've had. We've previous episodes we talked about how there's rumblings of how AI could take over screenwriting. So I went and I did an investigative, a uh, deep dive for the podcast and for the listeners and for us to see what would happen. <laughs> oh God! So I ended up signing up for this thing called Jasper. It is a thousand dollars a year. But I'm currently on the five-day trial that is free, so I have to cancel, cancel tomorrow. <laughs> and I time, I time this perfectly. To uh, so I, I just so I, I've been putzing with it, and you can do like creative prompts, and then there's this one feature that you can actually ask this AI a question, and then it comes back. And I've been kind of messing around with it, asking Ugh. random questions, and. Um, I thought we could do it. We could ask like two to maybe three questions okay. about screenwriting. Like, let's just say we were screenwriters, which we are, I think. And <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to hack the system and we go into okay. AI. 
So are we saying like, I have a writing problem, a story problem I want to ask them, or are we talking about trying to create a new idea? Um, we can do either. It's up to us. What do you want to do a, a new idea? Because I, that could maybe we'll just start be, there. Yeah. Should it just, should I ask the AI, what is a good idea for an action movie? Action Christmas movie. Oh, here we go. Jasper is generating. Okay. An action Christmas movie could make for an exciting story. The protagonist could be a thin and scrawny tech genius genius who finds out on Christmas Eve that his family is in danger. After discovering the threat, he must use all of his technical expertise to fight off the enemy and save his family. He must battle against all odds while facing a series of thrilling challenges, culminating in an epic climax on Christmas Day. Along the way, he learns the true spirit of Christmas and finds strength from within to rise as a hero. Oh, that is the vaguest shit ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you duh. Know what? That's, That's what the Christmas... Duh. Of course he's going to come across challenges. I'm so angry at you, AI. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to close out. I think that's all we needed. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why I wanted to Wait, bring can this you up. Wait, can you okay. ask it a story problem? Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. Like, can you say, like, there's too much exposition in this scene? To which scene? Any scene? Uh, in a scene between two female friends, what do I do? <sighs> All right, Jasper. If there's too much exposition in a scene involving two female friends, try to focus on the conversation between them while they are <laughs> actually talking. <laughs> what are they actually talking about and how do they feel rather than focusing on what they are saying. You can use dialogue to illustrate the character's feelings, such as using humor or sarcasm to add lightness to potential tense moments. You can also include physical descriptions of their gesture and facial expressions. Additionally, consider adding action or movement to the scene to keep the audience engaged. That's actually a really good answer, Jasper. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh -oh. version one of jasper is already better than version whatever version we are fuck okay so here's the reason i wanted to bring this up is because i've been messing with this i feel like jasper misses or this is the only ai thing i've used but it's missing nuance like yeah, that definitely. first answer it's like so fucking obvious that's like yeah. what a bad producer says to a screenwriter yeah hey uh we have to do a a father-son story where they have a problem and by the end they get back together. Can you figure this out for me? And can can it be set on Christmas where he discovers the true meaning of Christmas? Yeah. Thanks. Anyway, so I closed out Jasper. Uh, I just wanted you to get a taste of AI. I'm angry and afraid mm -hmm. all at the same time, which I think is pretty much how the robot apocalypse goes. So, you know. Are you excited? No, I don't want any of this. I want to be there when you get Jasper in your writer's room. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <gasps> Is that going to happen? Is that like the first step? Is like, hey, we have a budget for only three writers. If you want a fourth writer, we have this AI called Jasper that you can use. It's really great at ideas and just throw them in the room. Let's move on to this week in writing. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Fuck you, Jasper. 
Sorry, Jasper. So the reason why I asked Jasper <laughs> this is because I do have a problem with the scene that's too expositional. And uh, yeah, he's right. Oh, fuck. He's right about, yes, what are, what are like, what are the emotions of the scene instead of what are they saying? Unfortunately, this is an expositional scene that is required to get out like exposition, like facts about this, uh, the, the villain that our characters are chasing. So... Uh, can yeah. I say something real quickly? Oh, God. Yeah. What's really interesting about Jasper is that you're referring to Jasper as a he. I know. I felt it. And I... <sighs> we've we've lost. The, the fact that we're already doing this is we've lost. My heart is like racing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I got, I got back like some dailies from... Show I'm working on, and the 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 scene is boring. It's boring, and it's my fault. And I think the first step, as with alcoholism, is mm-hmm. to accept and acknowledge that there is a problem, and that the problem mm-hmm. is you. And and it was very painful to watch this episode, which is my favorite episode of the mm-hmm. whole thing, and to come back and it's the worst was oh. was horrifying to me because. It's my favorite. And so it's like, well, why is it working? It's not work it's not working because of something I have done. I have written an episode that is not engaging. How do I fix that? And I think as I've mentioned in this episode in this podcast before and a few episodes ago, um, one of my flaws as a writer is I'm too vague. I don't get mm. to the point fast enough or I don't get to it at all because I want the the audience to put together the pieces. I want them to be smart and feel smart. I love feeling smart when I watch movies. So I end up confusing the audience sometimes, or there's so little said in a scene that, and I don't mean like content, like content wise, there's so little, it's actually a scene with a lot of dialogue in it, but they're not getting to the point enough that by the time I get to the end of the scene, I've lost interest in it because they're not giving me the information I need to contain my interest or to um, retain my interest rather. Mm. So I don't know. It was a big lesson for me as a writer that I need to get better at. And it's just a lesson in general. Like now I'm going to have to do production rewrites here. And that's far more stressful because now you have to work within the puzzle that you have. You can't really create new puzzle pieces. You have to figure it out within it. And I can kind of say, all right, I'll just rewrite this dialogue here and we'll like redo just the dialogue. But like the set has to remain the same because they, they built that stuff, you know? And so I've, I've walked myself into a hole. So it's worth just paying attention to the things, these things as early as possible and really editing yourself and, and acknowledging that you 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 might have done something wrong and that's okay, just fix it. Because I could, yeah. by the way, easily have blamed the director or someone else for this because there's there's flaws in that part of it as well. But uh, you, yeah, you need to accept responsibility. Wow, that's a good first step. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I recently watched The Recruit on Netflix. I just yeah. watched the first episode, and they do a interesting a pretty good job of kind of sprinkling out information over scenes but yeah so much so that i almost couldn't keep up with all the important information interesting yeah because some of it's a little over your head you know when 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 you start entering like spy talk and lingo and and, totally so 
I understand you're in a difficult spot because you have to nail something that might be over somebody's head. Yeah. Like, well, for something like that, interestingly, with spy talk and stuff, like it's very like I usually assume the audience is not going to retain it. And so there's actually the sequence of scenes I'm writing now in something where it's a lot of like gobbledygook about mythology and the rules around something mm-hmm. like spy, basically spy talk. And I'm like, the audience is, isn't going to give a shit. So what they're going to give a shit about is the relationship going on in the scene. Much like what fucking Jasper said. Ah! But if in Recruit, for example, there's a bunch of spy talk, but you can tell that like it's really a power play between these two people. Or maybe one's in love with the other and the other one is trying to not have feelings for that other person. That's really like what's underlying the scene. That is something someone can follow, mm-hmm. even if they're not retaining all this weird spy talk. And so I've actually... I've gone back to these scenes that are like heavily mythologically logical uh, exposition and I've been like, okay, well, what is the relationship here and how can I bring that forward even more? So at least someone who's not retaining that exposition can at least follow something and be engaged. Yeah. Man, this, it's, it's, it's a fine line. It's hard to thread that. I do love The Recruit, by the way. I, it was one of those shows I watched and I thought, I wish I wrote this. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. So I've been working on a script that I've talked about this before. It's come back into my life. It was out of my life. It was gone for years. And then this producer, like two, two to three months ago, was like, oh, I like, I like this script. Let's make a few changes. Mm-hmm. It essentially ended up being like a page one rewrite um, that took Ugh. place over the course of a month. And now I'm in deep. And I feel like any writer has found themselves in this scenario if you're like, it's that thing where you're just in too far and you like, I like it. I like the revisions by the way. Okay. What was supposed to be something that was like a two week, three week thing is now entered like week six, week seven. Is it because, sorry, is it because the notes were more complex or pulled at more threads than you expected them to, or because you continue to get more and more notes as you were turning in revisions? It started to pull at some threads. Okay. And then there was all, all, there was actually something in this script that always kind of bumped me. Like I didn't realize it until I reread it, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna re- revise this. And then it changed something else, and it changed something else. And then mm-hmm. so I just sent it to the producer. He sent it to his creative execs, and they came back with notes. Like usually, I'd just been dealing with the producer, and then we sent it to his company. They came back with a hefty set of notes that don't. Oh, uh, it's not another page one thing. It's just all character work. Hmm. And the only thing I know I said it's a page one rewrite, but like the the main thing I haven't changed yet are about the first twelve pages of the script. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tweaked it, but I haven't completely overhauled it. And I'm in this position where I'm now kind of thinking about like how this fir- these first couple first twelve pages look because this note that I've gotten back was my main character who is kind of this reactionary uh, spy, this female. She she goes rogue too often like and it's it's bumping on everyone because it's like she goes rogue twice in the first act i know that's Mm -hmm. a little uh, Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't make a ton of sense but it's something where it's like she shouldn't go rogue yet and then she goes rogue yeah so i have to get i i'm i'm redoing the uh the first act and i was talking to the producer about and he we were talking about how difficult it is to kind of clear your brain and just think about like 
well, what is the best version of the, like keeping somewhat of the puzzle pieces there, hitting all the same kind of beats, Mm -hmm. but what is a different way to do that? Yeah, it's so hard. Once you've written something down, you get locked into that version. Yeah. It's so hard. I know when I like pitch in TV, TV is easier to get out of it because you have so many different brains pitching against the first idea. But I'm so wary of, hey guys, I'm just going to say that this might be what the scene is about. But I want us all to think like it might not be. Like I might be placing this at a poolside hotel but it could be in the jungle in who the yeah. fuck knows. Like, please just take this for as a grain of salt. And still people start pitching off of this pool. Right. And it's re- it's so hard to get out of it. Uh, it is. Yeah. It, you that- need like a break. Like you need to almost build in yeah. a week of no working on this script in your deadline. <laughs> no, it's so true. And what you're saying is really interesting because, you know, when we give notes or if you give me a note or something, you'll actually pitch, you'll, you know, you'll be like, I'm not saying this is what it is, but it should be something like, yeah, you know, the character has to go to the poolside and take a break. But that little nugget gets stuck in your brain and it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute, maybe the poolside could work. How yeah. does that work? And it just, it's, it's hard when you get a solution, a potential solution to not latch onto it. You know who's not going to have this problem? Jasper. Hmm. Yeah, Jasper will search the internet. Jasper's not bound to any idea. No. I, I, I might have spent $1,000 a year on Jasper. Don't you dare. No, I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to give in to him yet. So anyway, that's my This Week in Writing. It's just clearing your brain, which I'm realizing I've kind of talked about this a lot. I feel like this is a thread to my writing is getting too close to something and not yeah. being able to let go. You know, what's interesting is we talked very recently about adaptations, right? Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about is almost like an adaptation of your own work where you have to learn to let go of the thing that you wrote and find the better version of the thing yeah. that you wrote. So if you have to do that with your own stuff, imagine you obviously have to do that with someone else's stuff. You just have to let go of the material that's in front of you and, it's fucking hard. It is. Some bullshit. That's all. <laughs> Should we get into something more hopeful? <laughs> yeah, I just have one last thing to say. Oh, no. Okay. About these crazy times. I don't know if this is hopeful or not. But I, lo- I, was, I was on my uh, computer. I was looking at stuff. I was going to watch something at 2.30 this morning. And I realized, like, I, I can't, movies get released and they just sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Violent Night was out. It's now out. You can stream it. The Fablemans. Oh, that's good to know. I watched The Fablemans. There is a new National Treasure series that came out. Didn't know it came out. The Recruit had no idea. I just happened to go on Netflix. And it was like, this. you might like this. And I will never fully get over how these things pop up. Because so much time and effort go into creating these things. Yeah. And then they're just there. It's rough because where would you watch these ads? That's the problem. Mm. If you're if you're watching streaming stuff, yeah. you're not going to see these ads. They don't exist. Unless you're on the Netflix home screen and they just happen to show 
the recruit instead of the myriad of other hundreds of other shows that they need to advertise in those two seconds that you're on the home screen and not clicking away. What do you do? Like, do you watch YouTube videos? Maybe you'd find it there. I usually see ads on YouTube TV because Mm -hmm. I'm watching football or on YouTube because I'm watching Critical Role. (laughs) But like, even then, it's usually not a lot of TV ads. It's a lot of just like, farmer's insurance ads, right? So like, where are you gonna watch it? And this is why we're at a critical point in the streaming service issue because like HBO Max and Netflix are finding, wait, we can't just subsist off of subscriptions. We need people to watch ads. So now we're gonna go back to the cable model you started me on a whole thing. But the whole yeah. point is you're right. Like they have nowhere to advertise. And like Paul works in marketing and he's he he does trailers and like behind the scenes featurettes and things you'd normally see um, on cable advertised for upcoming shows. And they're almost always now on social media. So it's TikTok, yeah. it's Instagram. So unless you're scrolling through that and are following a such and such such that the algorithm presents these to you, like you're not going to see it. It's crazy. Uh, okay, let's move on to okay. brighter things. <laughs> brighter things. All right. Our first episode of the year. Yeah. The New Year's goals. Our yeah. favorite time of year because it's starting with fresh paint. It's waking up, not at 2.30, but at a nice 8.30 a.m. on a Monday. Everything is possible now. It's that feeling. Channel that feeling, Joshua. This is where we are. What are your 2023 screenwriting goals? I used to approach goals as things that I, like, want, which will always be there. For instance, oh, my God, I want to sell a script. Mm. Oh, my God, I want to meet. J.J. Abrams, I want to meet at Bad Robot. I want to do these things. But then over time, my goals have tweaked into something where it's much more specific. And what I mean by that is uh, when I set the goals, it's I am going to finish a spec that I hope to sell. I am going to reach out to my rep, uh, my reps to set a meeting at Bad Robot. As a, You know what I like? Yeah. That, that, that for me, that had to change because it just helps me because it, it obviously one's in your power. The other one is not fully in your power. So, Tasha, are you ready for what I'm about to tell you? Bring it. I'm going to write three specs this year. What? Yeah. One of them's with you, by the way. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I just wrote it all down. I have one of them outlined. I have an idea for another one, and then the third one is yours. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know how specific I want to get into some of these goals, but I have been writing them down. There's a couple meetings I want to go on. Like with specific people? Yes, at, a, at specific companies. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, those are like the two main things. But the specs are like the big thing. There are other projects that I have just kind of like floating in the world, uh-huh. but I can't do anything about them. Like those are out of my control. Right. Which is actually something I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. How does a writer deal with the things that are out of their control in the sense of what I'm talking about? Like, oh, I have two scripts. They're looking for a lead actress. The fuck? You just sit back. It's done. Yeah, kind of. I think that 
where you can come in. I mean, if they're they're going out to actresses, that's totally you're just go and move on to your three specs. Just don't even think about it. Wait for their email that they found someone or wait for the passes. That's something you can do is check in every month to be like, hey, because it takes months yeah. every month to be like, hey, just checking in. Like, uh, can you send me, you know, an updated list of those who have passed or who we're out to just so that you're you're present. But I think another thing that writers can do, and you can do this through your reps, which is what I tend to do, but you can do it yourself if you feel comfortable, is to make sure that these producers have a plan that they're not just fucking around with your script. Mm-hmm. So like something that my manager is really good at is does this, this producer wants to option your script, Tasha. And I'm, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like someone cares about something I wrote. I'm just totally absolutely like take it for free. And she's like, whoa, hold on a second. She's like, <laughs> does this free. producer have a plan for your script? I'm like, uh, who, who cares? Like they want to option it. It's like, no, they need to have a, like, do they want to go to a director first? Do they have studios that they want to go to? Do they have like a five month plan that by the by month five, they want this, this, and this to have happened. They have to have a plan for what you're doing or it's a waste of your time mm-hmm. and your script is technically going nowhere, even though it's being optioned. So that's something I feel like was within our control. Like let them go do their thing and go out to actresses. But if you maybe plan with Jay-Z to check in with them at the like one to two month mark, if you're like, how's it going? What's the plan moving forward? Then that's something that I think you can have control over. Yes. Very important. I just had this conversation with a friend recently and we were talking about that, just that when your your script's in limbo, you're waiting to hear back from somebody you're and it's just like, how often do you check in? How often do you just like, what do you do? Because you feel so out of control, but it's your baby. Yeah. And I'm going to now let you jump in with your goals and then I'm going to come back. We're going to ping pong. Okay. So my goals are, I'm going to start with my act two goals. Is that okay? Oh yeah. I mean, I I left out all that (laughs) stuff. I didn't know we were talking about that. I'm just doing all of it. Okay. We're starting a Patreon for act two. Yeah. Offering like pride. Are are you going to be like, are we talking about like our health goals as well? No, no, no. This is all just writing related. I also have health goals. <laughs> we will talk about that here. <laughs> um, offering like private Q and A's, you know, mentorship with with professional screenwriters, all of these things. Um, so I want to, you know, get that going as part of the new year. Can I also talk about goals that I have had met now that we're a year away from our previous? Oh, totally. And I'm also very excited about the Act Two goals. I I swear to you, we've talked about this, but they're going to be hit this year. Yeah, no, Josh and I are meeting yeah. this week to yeah. brainstorm and put stuff on this whiteboard behind me for Act 2 stuff. So look yeah. forward to that. I'm really excited. Yeah. So last year, I looked at my notes when we did this podcast last year, and one of my goals was to have a movie go into production. Mm. And I hit that goal. It had nothing to do with me, but Red Sonia went into production, and that's very exciting. See... That's one of those goals I was just talking about that's out of your control, but you still hit it, and I take it back everything I said. You should, you should still write that shit down. <laughs> you write it down, and... No, you do. Yeah. Because, there, I mean, we'll get into this later when we get into, like, how to achieve these goals, but there are paths to this big goal that is out of your control. Yeah. Like, meeting J.J. Abrams is out of your control to an extent, but... Yeah. 
you know, there are goals. You can hit mini goals along the way to getting there. So yeah. I've met a goal of going into production. It's amazing. Um, I did not hit my goal of learn more about directing. <laughs> uh, mm. I read one book about it and that was it. Um, I did not watch more movies by directors I love. I actually was talking to a friend recently who talks about how she goes to all these Q&As, goes to all these indie films, and is really just trying to soak up information on how, and she put it so well. She's like, when I feel loneliness, I don't know how to portray that on film. And when I go to see these masters in the theater, they're able to portray loneliness in a way that I never even knew you could portray it that way. And I'm like, that is beautiful. Yeah, it and is. I need to do more of that because it helps you learn to be creative and opens up your mind about the possibilities of how to write something. So more of that. I did not, do you remember I said I wanted to pick a new subject and become an expert in it? <laughs> and you laughed just like that. <laughs> Well, I didn't do that either. <laughs> and it was partly because I didn't know what subject I wanted to become an expert in. So I'm deciding right here on the podcast what I'm going to do. Let's hear it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to become an expert in, <laughs> uh, since the AI apocalypse is coming, I think I'm going to pick survival techniques. Mm. Like I have all of these books actually published by the Marine Corps. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so I want to like read through those and become an expert on oh, survival wait. techniques. Hold on. Hey, Jasper, how do you survive an AI takeover? <laughs> wait, can you actually ask him that? <laughs> uh, yeah, keep going. I'm going to pull Jasper up. I closed I closed him out, but yeah. Okay, I'll keep going. I Last year, one of my goals was to finish my short story, which I did. But if you recall, Joshua, because you were part of this, I sent it to writer's group and I was like, I'm done. This is this is it, right, guys? Oh, like, just give me God. small notes. I love that story. You just reminded <laughs> me. I love that. That was I one love of my that story too. But yeah. like after that writer's group, there was a lot of notes about how do you prep this story to be adapted into a movie? And so they, there was a lot of thoughts about how to end it. And I was like, that's so much extra work. I don't want to do any of it. So I think I'm just going to... My goal for this year is to read back through it, tighten anything up that I, I missed, leave the ending how I want it to be, and fucking go out with this already. Yeah. To me, it's a no-brainer. And if we have to get your reps on this podcast so I can pitch it to them, yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. We'll do that. Okay. My last goal from last year, I'm still on last year's goals. Yeah. <laughs> Not even on this year's goals, was to pitch a book that I really loved that I've talked a lot about on this podcast very vaguely and to get a shopping agreement for it. And none of those things happened. So I'm re-adding that to my list. I want to get moving on that. And um, my new goal, mm -hmm. sorry, new goals here. My new goal for 2023, I want to write another studio movie to just mm. kind of keep that trend going. Yeah. I want to try, I've talked to you about this in texts, I want to try to get an overall deal. Yeah. Why not? Out of my control, sort of. I want to write a spec with Josh. In control. And I want to finish my death spell spec. Also in control. Those are my goals. Those are great goals. Okay. All very attainable. I'm excited. I love your short story. And I got to just figure out a way to just make you be like, this is it. I, we're moving forward with this. I, I don't know who talked you out of it, but something happened. I also feel like my manager talks me out of it because she's very much thinking about, well, obviously you want to adapt this. Is it the best it can be? Because you're only going to get one shot at Universal, Warner Brothers, wherever you're trying to sell this thing to 
convince them that this is something that can be adapted. But here's the thing. You could always make everything better and attain this futuristic goal of it being the most perfect adaptable short story of all time. But I have yeah. read fucking short stories that people have optioned and asked me to write and they were shit. They were like, mm. there's no plot. There's like a concept and that is it. This is more than just a concept. It's a story that you can see unfold. Did you tell them that when you passed on it? <laughs> this is shit. Okay. Very, very nicely. By All right, what's way, Jasper say? I, I, there's another thing I... There's so many storylines going on in this podcast right now. There's, <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm doing this year? I say this every year. I failed this goal. It was on my goals last year. It's coming back to 2023. Okay. I'm reading one new script per week. Per week, Joshua, oh, you're setting me, yourself me, up for... Excuse me, per month. Okay. Excuse me. That's easy. That was a goal I had last year as well, and I failed as well. So I didn't even put it on this year's list. How sad is that? Like, it's weird because I'm we're always reading something, but I'm talking like you, you pull a script out, and this is like just for pleasure. Yeah, for pleasure. Enjoyment. Like, I'm going to just read a script. It's like reading... I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get enjoyment out of it, but... Not for, like, study? Well, everything's for study, but I want to approach it as, like... Like, I, I, I don't want to seek out a script that uh, from a movie I've already seen, or... Yeah. I just want to oh. seek out scripts, like something... If, like, I read that script, Goat, which was on the blacklist, just because Dave was like, you should read it. And I was like, I'm so happy. Every time I read a script, I'm like, I love scripts. Yeah. I love right. that goal. How do you survive an AI apocalypse? <sighs> Surviving an AI apocalypse can be a difficult task. But there are a few steps that one can take to increase their chances of survival. First, it is essential to stay informed about any changes in the environment or potential threats. Next, create a plan for when and how to move from one area to another if needed. Then, make sure you have access to resources such as food, water, and shelter. Finally, Try to find a safe place where you can hide or find refuge until the situation has resolved itself. The worst part about this is Jasper didn't say it's not going to happen. No. Jasper like, said, "Yeah, I'll let you know, but I'm not going to let you know. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't devolve into like, you cannot hide, motherfucker. We will find you. That's what I, oh, could you imagine? All right. Well, okay. what else? <laughs> All right. So these are our big goals for the year, right? But how do you actually achieve them? I did yeah. not achieve all of my goals from last year. It's something I struggle with all the time. How to achieve the goals I've set up for myself to keep my writing career going. So how do I make goals that I can actually achieve? Like getting an overall deal, writing another studio movie. In many ways, that those are kind of completely out of my control and practically impossible. So do you just abandon these dreams entirely, like Joss was saying? Like, get rid of the giant crazy dreams. Mm. No, wait, Or wait. do you figure out how to achieve those goals? That's not I what know Josh that there's still I know there's still the goals, but you're, you're being more practical. And I think that's what we're getting into now, is like, what are the actually actionable goals that you can put on your to-do list to achieve working with J.J. Abrams. Because you can't just walk into Bad Robot and say, hey, let me write a movie for you. Yeah. So instead, you have to break down that big goal into everyday goals that you can actually achieve. And the idea is that if all of those things get put together over time, over the course of this next year, 
they will eventually add up to doing your big goal. I'm sorry. I have to say what something. Oh, God. I typed in to Jasper. (laughs) (laughs) How do I make goals that I can achieve? Should I just read what Jasper said so you can feel just bad about yourself? To make goals that you can achieve, start by setting realistic and achievable objectives. Break down complex goals into smaller, more manageable tasks. Set rewards for each task so you have something to look forward to. Track your progress by creating a timeline of when each task needs to be completed. Finally, stay motivated by visualizing yourself, achieving the goal, and celebrating victories along the way. Jasper is very right. Podcast over. Yeah, but you know what Jasper doesn't know? Jasper doesn't know the nuances of talking to your reps about that, talking to producers about that. From your face, it would indicate that Jasper does know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right, so I threw off your, your thought. I just, I give up now. I give up. No, let's not give up. I, I feel like, yes, of course, it, like breaking things down is the way to go, I think, you know, being as specific as possible. But I think like a big part of it for me is holding yourself accountable and talking to like, like for instance, if one of the goals is to reach out to producers to have general meetings you have to do that shit. Like you just have to. And if you've run out of producers, you have to find the producer and then you have to reach out to them. Or if you want, you have to stay on your reps about this stuff. I feel like that's where it gets really difficult. And And especially. Yeah. yeah. Because I think it can't, your goal can't just be stay on my reps about this thing. Mm -hmm. It has to be even more actionable than that, which is in your example, follow up with my rep about casting. Make sure like in two months, talk to my rep about calling the producer to see if they have a plan. Mm -hmm. It has to be extremely specific because as soon as it gets broad, then it falls off the list. It just, it just does. I, no matter you have the best intentions possible, it will just fall off the list. So to kind of take an example of this and break it down, like we're talking about, if your goal is to write a studio movie, the thing that you can control in that, because you can't control someone saying yes to you at Universal or Warner Brothers or Netflix. So what you have to do is start with writing a good script, doing as well as you can on every single job that comes your way, because then word starts to get around that you're someone who can finish a script, get it into the best place possible for it to get greenlit. So if I'm writing a spec this year, and that's part of my goal, and it's part of the steps I need to take to write a studio movie because I need a I need a movie script that people in town are going to talk about and mm-hmm. want to buy and want to want to meet Tasha because of this amazing script. Then I then my first goal is writing a spec and I cannot think about other goals to, to doing a studio movie until I finish this spec, right? Along with writing the spec though, you can start saying I want to make sure to meet with producers who have studio deals. So I'm busy writing my spec. That's a big focus of mine. And I'm going to break that down into actionable steps as well, which we'll talk about in a second. But alongside writing the script, I want to meet with producers who have studio deals. And that's something that your agents can be on. And that's the part of what you say in that meeting that you have at the top of the year. Hey, I want to meet with 
these five to 10 producers. So don't come in and say, hey, I want to meet with producers who have studio deals. They're going to go, okay, which ones? You're going to be yeah. like, I don't know, like who has studio deals? They're going to like, well, Tasha, like look into that. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Who do you want to work with? And who do you think you'd be good for? What kind of movies do you want to write at the studio level? And find producers who do that. Okay, so Avatar just came out. If you love Avatar and you want to write the next Avatar movie, find out who are the producers on that movie. Do any of them have studio deals? And then try to meet with them. Now, if your reps say, okay, you want to meet with James Cameron, that's great, but you have only been writing indie drama movies about teenagers in high school. He doesn't really do that. So if you want to meet with James Cameron, is it because you want to write the next Terminator or whatever. <laughs> I guess he just wants to do stuff in water now. A movie that's set in water. Then you have to write that first so that I can send that sample to James Cameron's company and make them aware that you are writing the things that James Cameron wants to make. Or mm -hmm. if it's Bad Robot, same exact thing. But if you already have that, great. If you don't, then that's part of now your actionable step is to create that script, that sample that will allow you into the door of that producer. So again, to take a step back, you want to present five to 10 producers who have studio deals to your reps if your goal is to write a studio movie. And now over the course of 2023, you and your agents are both going to collectively make an effort to meet with those five to 10 people over the course of the year. Big part of this is just building relationships, right? You may not write the studio movie this year, but maybe next year because you've met with these people this year. And that's a huge step forward in your ultimate goal of writing a studio movie. That was beautiful. And I want to say, small yeah. note on this. I recently met with a producer and I looked them up on IMDb beforehand. And I was like, okay, they've done a mix of kind of big genre movies, mostly in the past, like five to 10 years ago. Seems like what they're doing now is a lot of Oscar style dramas. So when I met with them, they asked, what would I like to do next? And I said, I'd like to do something smaller which mm. you know me, Josh, it's a total lie. I totally. like big movies and yeah. big shows. And I thought that was what they'd like to hear. And it just kind of came out of my mouth because I'm a people pleaser. But as soon as I said that, the head of the company says, oh, he's like, oh, well, that's kind of a shame because I was going to pitch you this huge like Dune-like movie. But if you don't want to hear it, that's okay. And I was like, oh no, backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> yes, I want to hear it. <laughs> I just said what I thought you wanted me to yeah. say. So... Don't just meet with, I think the point of that is don't just meet with producers who have studio deals. Really yeah. look, meet with the ones who do the kinds of movies or shows you like to do. Yeah. Now that that part is out of the way, you've made your list of five to 10 producers with studio deals you want to meet in 2023. You've met with your reps, you've presented them this list. Now let's talk about the meeting with your reps about these goals. Like how does it go? Yeah. So... Shut up, Jasper. I can already hear you trying to no. chime in about how this is going. Jasper's done. I always have a meeting with my reps at the beginning of the year, like we're talking about, to plan out what we're going to do for the coming year. And notice I said we, because the meeting is to create an action plan for them as much as for yourself. So set a meeting and say, look, these are my goals for the year. I want to write a Christmas spec with Josh, and I want to <laughs> write my own spec that I really love and I want to do a studio movie, and I want an overall deal. They don't have to know about like reading a script a month. No. <laughs> They're like, okay, that's great. Do that on your own time. I don't care. Those are the things, the actionable things, moving my writing career along. Now that your agents kind of know what that is, they'll likely give you some advice on how to get there. 
And you can say, that's great. I'm going to work on all those things you just told me I need to work on to achieve those goals because you're knowledgeable in this area. So you obviously know what I need to do to achieve these in a realistic way. But I'd also like you to do this. And for me, sometimes that's, I'd like to go up for more OWAs at studios this year. Because I go, they'll, they'll put me up for OWAs, but they're usually for production companies who have some development money. Now, an OWA, as a reminder, is an open writing assignment where studios or producers are openly looking for a writer to hire on a specific project. So if you want to write a studio movie and that's your goal, it's now looking at OWAs that will get you there. Mm-hmm. A small indie drama at a small production company is probably not the path forward to writing a big studio movie. It's possible. It's possible because small indie movies can make a huge splash and become, you know, a big deal that, you know, studios look at. But it's more likely that OWAs that are kind of bigger movies that studios are going to do are probably what you should be looking for. And your agents are usually really great at finding the OWAs going out in the world because they have their ear to the ground. And also producers are calling them saying, hey, I have this open writing assignment. Do you have any writers that would be good for this? So if you've met your agents in January and said, I would like OWAs that are you know, big fantasy worlds, was something that I would say. They know what I, I like to write already. Then they know when that producer calls them and says, I have an OWA on this crazy book set in ancient Egypt in... 2055 oh that doesn't make any sense no i'm in that's the move you have to figure out how to make that work then they know they're like oh tasha tasha wants to go up for that here's her sample so actionable plans that they can do as well so when you leave the meeting you want to be clear about what your goals are both this year and i think in the future right like I want an overall deal. Okay, Tasha, that might not be possible this year, but maybe in two years, maybe in three years, you can have an overall deal. What can we start planting now so that in three years, that's a possibility? You also ask them for what you want. More opportunities to pitch on OWAs, for example. More meetings at people like Bad Robot to get you into those kinds of rooms and to get you into those kinds of potential OWAs that are going to come down the line. You also hear from them what they think you should be doing to achieve your goals, and you should accept that. I think some people also go into those meetings like, you need to be doing this. It's like, well, we need to be doing this. There's also things you need to be doing. You should also leave this meeting with an action plan. So you should very much understand what their part is in this year and what your part is this year. Man, I've, I've talked to so many people, and it's so, like, I feel like people are shy to say this to their reps. Mm, very. And as you were saying that, I, th- I think you and I are both, both in very fortunate positions where we're so familiar with who's surrounded us at this point that I, I feel very confident and comfortable saying certain things to Jay-Z that maybe I wouldn't have said to him at a certain point because I was just kind of testing out our relationship. So I only bring yeah. this up because if you are in that boat where you're like, oh, I don't want to lose my rep or, oh, I didn't even generate anything for the last six months. And don't, don't be shy. Just just. Just fucking say what you have to say in yes. the most least aggressive way possible. Yeah. So not, like, I mean, like we, like we said, it's a, it's a team effort, right? So yes. I actually gave this advice to another writer recently. She's being hip pocketed by a manager. So it's very new. And also it's not totally official. And there's mm-hmm. a sense of like, well, I can't. Exactly what you're saying, Josh. Like, I can't say, hey, what's our plan? Because I haven't really produced any new material for him yet. But my 
thinking there is he's going to really appreciate having a meeting with you in January. And here's this writer that he's hip pocketing and he's hip pocketing you because he's not sure about you yet. Are you going to make him money or are you not going to make him money? Are you a good investment in his time and energy or not? If you're coming with a plan, I'm like, whoa, here's a writer who wants something and is ready to go after it and is willing to work for it. Because again, you're coming with that plan of here's half of what I need to be doing and here's half of what you need to be doing. So as a manager or an agent, I'm already like, oh, this writer is willing to put in the work and knows and un- understands this business. Yeah. So I am already wanting to work with her more than someone who doesn't call me at the beginning of January. Because again, if you don't call your rep at the beginning of January to say, hey, what's the plan for this year? They, they're going to forget about you. They're going to yeah. be like, well, why? Also, why hasn't this person called me? What are they working on this year? Yeah. What do I need to be doing to help their career along? They don't know either. So it's not, you're not being aggressive. You're not being presumptuous. You're not, I don't know what other things are kind of keeping you back from having this conversation with them, but please yeah. have it. And, and please have it the way we're talking about, which is, hey, what can I be doing? And what can you be doing? It's yeah. a team, it's a team effort. With your hip pocket friend, it, I have a, I'm a big believer of and not everyone's like this and some people are actually against this but i like when i come into meetings and i haven't done anything for somebody like hey i know Mm -hmm. i haven't made like any money i actually like to kind of call attention to it in the sense of so i so everyone knows that i'm not like living in some kind of alternate reality Mm -hmm. uh meaning hey i know i haven't made you any money and i know you're hip pocketing me but my goal is that i get a rep i get representation in the new year I would prefer that to be you, but that's where I'm going. I'm moving forward in that direction. And these are the things that I want to accomplish. And I'm just laying it out there so you know where I'm coming from. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's also, I haven't made you any money this year, but I want to. But I want to. Of course. I want us to make money. I want us to make money together. And how how do we achieve that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. So going back to breaking up things into into smaller goals. So you've left this meeting, you have a list of the things you need to do now, and they're usually probably big things, mm-hmm. like write a spec. So how do you break that up into actionable steps? For example, if you need to write a new script in order to take those higher level meetings, break it down. Josh and I are going to write a spec for realsies this time. No, it's <laughs> happening. This year, you know, a lot of things... A lot of things happened for me in 2022 that uh, distracted me, like getting married and getting a puppy and buying a house. So I should have more time this year. (laughs) No. Well, that's, this is actually, it's good that you're bringing this up because it's, it's very easy to be busy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not that. Uh, I know you're not thinking to yourself, you're not like, oh my God, that spec we need to write. And I'm not like, God damn it, Tasha, I need to stay on it. It's like we get focused on these other things like everybody and it's easy to get pulled in different directions. And so probably with what you're about to say yeah, is going to be helpful. Yeah. So the first goal, if my big goal is writing a spec in 2023 with Josh, then my first goal has to be meet with Josh once a week to break our story. And we have to set a meeting, Josh, <laughs> once a week. We have to figure it out and break the story. My second goal then, once I've achieved that, that's the only thing on my to-do list for right now in January. But once I achieve that, the second goal is going to be write my half of the outline. 
Third goal will be, okay, now that our outlines are done, get feedback on our outline from our writers group and our reps and address those notes. Yeah. Outlines done. Now I can move on to the next actionable step. The fourth goal, which is to write my half of the script. Fifth goal, get feedback on that script. Address those notes. Sixth goal, send the finished script to our agents to get their feedback and address their notes. The last goal is to take the script to town and try to sell it. So now our goal of finishing a spec with Josh is actually seven goals that we have had to put together over the course of the year. And hopefully only it only takes half a year, but we'll see. Wow. Laying it out like that, it seems so easy. Right? Yeah, it really does. We can meet once a week to break a story. That's easy. We can write half of an outline. Hell, we do that all the time. We do that all the time. All right. Let's talk about, by the way, before I move on, we can, you can do this like method to every goal that you have. Mm -hmm. Even if it is get an overall deal, write a studio movie, find these single things that you can do along the way. Even if it's seven goals along the way to the big goal, go ahead and break them up like that. Mm -hmm. Moving on to how do you track these goals? Josh. How do you track your goals over the course of a year? I don't want to have you, I don't want to give you a panic attack <laughs> on the on the podcast. So I'm not going to really get into that, but it's. I know it's not as extensive as yours. Mine's extensive. Yeah. I'm, I'm a weirdo, but I think that something like this can be helpful <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> I, I'm more of like a... Here's what I have to do. This is what I want to do in January. Like I do break things down in months, weeks if I can, even days if I have to, but I am not as uh, like to the minute as you with things. Yeah. It just, so, that's just, just for me. So I, I use a spreadsheet and I have a goal buddy. That's how I track my big goals and my small goals. So once a month, me and my goal buddy will hop on a Zoom for our goal buddies meeting. And we Mm. share this Google sheet that's online that we can both see at the same time. And for me, it's broken up into like, I have a heading that's like January goals or whatever month we're in. And these are gonna be those small actionable goals we've been talking about. So my January goal in my spreadsheet right now is break our idea with Josh, meet every, every week. My February goal, if I've achieved that, is going to be write my half of the outline and so on. And then I have underneath my just monthly goals of things I'm writing and working on, I have my overall writing goals section. Now this is where my big goals are going to be, like write my spec, meet with more producers with studio deals, become an expert in survival. Like those things are my big goals. But (laughs) if I took those and put it up into my January actionable goals, become an expert in survival, that means in my January goal, I'm going to have read such and such book. Read my, my book published by the Army Corps. Finish that by January. Cool. So I'm making these small steps towards that big step that's in my writing goals section. Now, beside those goals in my spreadsheet, I have a second column that is a checkbox, which mm-hmm. I find to be very important, not obviously because it tells you if you've accomplished something, but it tells your brain that you are making progress. And that is a huge deal. It's a huge deal because if you start going through this and you don't see that you're making progress, like your brain starts to slowly die. (laughs) Oh, it's so true. It's so true. 
we've, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but, um, there was someone I chatted with and I was telling them how, like I blow leaves in my backyard and yes. how it just gives me so much happiness. And he, he was like, that's because it's a sense of accomplishment. You finished a goal. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's those little things. If you, if you see it done, it helps you in a yeah, major way. It does. So next to the checkbox, I have a notes section in my spreadsheet where just any comments I might have, like due dates or where I might be in the process. And then this is where Tasha gets crazy. Oh. I color code everything. So I promise you that color coding your list is very anxiety reducing. Because when you look at your to-do list, a big reason why we don't do it, because it's, it's so fucking long. <laughs> it's just a list of yeah. all the things you have to do. And it's so overwhelming and nothing has a check next to it. And it's horrible. But if you look at your list of things to do and your eye is drawn only to the color that you've associated with the things you have to do right now, it's so much easier. You can let go of the stuff that's in yellow and the stuff that's in green and only look at the stuff that's in red, which is immediate. That's, that's my color coding. So the green goal, it's still on my sheet because I don't want to lose track of the fact that I want to meet JJ Abrams, but my red goals are the only thing I'm going to look at. And that really helps me right off the bat. This is where I, I, I break down. It's, <laughs> I, there's too many colors. There's three colors. There's but, red because it's urgent. There's yellow because it's a medium goal. And there's green because it's, eh, deal with it when you need to. Fine. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but I'm telling you right now, it does really, really help. But then I, you have to look back at the key. You're like, wait, which one's urgent again? I don't, I don't think so. There's three colors. We can handle that. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, let's talk about goal buddies because I just threw this name around. And a goal buddy is, I think, important. Josh, by the way, right on this podcast, are we going to reinstitute our goal buddies? Because you and Dave used to be goal buddies and then I leached on to you. <laughs> yeah, no, we still are. Are we going to start meeting again? I mean, that's really up to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's Whoa. Dave and I do our thing. You left us and then... You're more, yes, yes, okay. but I just, for the listeners, like, Tasha has like three sets of goal buddies, so <laughs> like, Dave and I are all we have. You, do you guys, wait, do you guys still meet? Yeah, we talked two weeks ago. What? Yeah. <laughs> You've just phased me out of your goal buddies? No, you phased yourself out of goal buddies. Oh, man. We, we were meeting, and then you just stopped coming. And then we were like, all right, well, I guess Tasha is over us. For the record, that's not how I remember it going down. <laughs> that's exactly. Get Dave on the podcast right now. <laughs> Horrified right now. <laughs> I'm going to call him on speaker just to add another thread to this, this podcast. <laughs> I am known to have a weird memory problem where... <laughs> I remember things completely differently than how they actually happened. So um, it's entirely possible you're right. <laughs> I think a weird memory problem is the most polite way that's ever been <laughs> phrased. <laughs> but yes, Dave and I, uh, we, yeah, he's still. Okay. I, yeah. Well, we'll get back on that train. Anyways, yeah. goal buddies. What is a goal buddy? Why does it work? A goal buddy is someone like Joshua. Someone 
who is another writer like yourself, I would encourage you to find another writer who kind of thinks about writing in in a similar way. So, you know, who's, if you're really, really goal driven and they're like, meh, I'll get to it when I get to it. They're probably not the best goal buddy for you. So someone who kind of thinks about writing in a similar way, someone who's maybe around the same place in your career that you are is helpful because a big part of goal buddying is meeting once a month or however often you want to. Once a month should be kind of the minimum and check in with that person on your stress level. Yeah. Where are you in your projects? So they can help you not only with, hey, here's, here's some suggestions on how to handle your stress. Uh, Josh always tells me to meditate and I never do. Um, but also like, oh, here's where you are on your projects. How can I help you divvy up your projects in a way that makes your stress less? So they will, they'll help you with like creating these actionable goals. They're like, oh, well, you have three projects you're working on now. Where are you at with your pilot? Okay, why don't you just focus on your pilot this next two weeks, get that done, and then start working on your your other thing. And it's like, oh, thank you, thank you, Josh. I really didn't see how I could do that, but you make total sense. I'm gonna work on it that way. So they really help you refocus that way. I don't know, what else can, what else do goal buddies do? Well, I think for me, it's the accountability. Like that, mm. It because a, yeah. a lot of times uh, you just need a friend. Like I feel like a goal buddy is more than just someone you know, it's, it's someone who's, you know, you're close with on a certain level because you're kind of, you know, you're exposing yourself. You're saying what your goals are and you're saying what you want to accomplish. And for me, it's the accountability of everything you just said. But like when Dave, he checks in and when we talk, he'll put it in his uh, iCal and then he'll check in and be like, Hey, I had uh, a note that you were supposed to submit this to a producer by today. Did you get it over to him? Yes. And that, goes a long way, I think. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, when they allowed me to be in their goal buddy group, I definitely had in my calendar that Dave's script was due on this Friday and we would definitely be texting him. And then if he said, I didn't meet that goal, guys, they'd be like, okay, let's readjust. When do you think you can get it done? And it'd be like two weeks. And we'll say, how about one week, (laughs) right? Like you challenge your person too to, to get their stuff done. And then also why? And like, it just, yeah. it, it goes, it, it really That's helps great. you kind of reflect on why you missed a deadline. And it, it, you know, if you, if you keep missing deadlines, it hopefully adds up so you don't do it again. Yeah. The why is so important. I, I know that when I'm asked, well, why did you miss it? It's because, you know, I had these other things going. Well, then let's talk about those other things. And is there space in the morning for you to work on this pilot you were supposed to finish last Friday? Okay, yes. If we think about it, yes, there's an hour in the morning I can set aside to work on it. Okay, great, Tasha, let's do that. So they really do help you figure out your life. It's so it's so key and it's so uh, I just I feel so relaxed just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. So how does it work on a meeting by meeting basis? If you're setting up these meetings once a month, Josh, like break down how the meeting like flows. We either meet in person or we're on Zoom. And it's kind of like what are you working on? What do you want to accomplish? There's different phases. It's just someone taking the lead and saying, all right, Tasha, I am, uh, I'm starting this new, uh, spec that, or, you know, I'm starting this new spec and I want to have it done by the first of March. And then you're like, okay. And so then I, then you kind of work backwards and these are the goals I want to hit during that spec. And 
then we meet again and then you ask about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You you talk about what's stressing you out as well. and Oh, totally. I will often be like, I feel so overwhelmed right now. I don't know what to do. And then Josh will just be like, well, why? Let's talk through that. It's a therapy session as well. So yeah. It is. And it, it's so nice because you it is nice when you are familiar with someone and you can, like you were saying, you can talk about your stresses and you can work through things. And, and that that's a big deal. It's a big deal to have someone to be able to bounce things off of. And I'm like, hey, well, my 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 manager's not getting back to me about something and it's kind of it's weird you know something like yeah. that and you can just talk it through yeah so how do you find a gold buddy well i, I was hoping that's where you would come in and say <laughs> no i mean a gold buddy if i were just you know just a writer out in the world it's tricky man i don't like how does a goal how do you find a gold buddy if you're in a different state and you don't know any other screenwriters you know, I, it, I'm, I'm just bringing that up because it is very, very difficult. And I think, unfortunately, it kind of just comes with time and meeting people and becoming familiar with people and then reaching out to someone that you feel comfortable with saying, hey, do you want to hold each other accountable? Do you want to be goal buddies and talk about where we're at in our career and talk about how we can hit our goals and we can do a Zoom once every month and we can talk about these things? Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it's hard and a big part of this industry is who you know and having having a community around you of people who are like-minded and that you can share your work with for example and get notes and feedback. So if you kind of put it on your on your goal list, um but building a community of screenwriters around you is part of the job. Mhm. Ultimately. So Go to these, like, go to film screenings and see if there aren't people you might see every time you go to a film screening in your town. And maybe you'll be like, oh, do you want to get coffee? I see you here all the time. Like, maybe we can talk movies. Go to any writer meetups that you can find. Writing classes, if you can find them. Take those people out to a coffee or drinks or dinner if you go to a writing class. Um, If you're in Los Angeles, David H. Steinberg has these really great meetups that he does every month. And we repost them all the time on Twitter. If you follow David H. Steinberg on Twitter, he posts about them all the time, the writer meetups. He's a machine. He's a machine. He's incredible. You can find people there who can be your goal, your goal buddy. Um, ask on Twitter. Ask on social media. That can be successful sometimes as well. So I think it's really just building out your community until you find that person who's right for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a big deal. It's just being, being comfortable enough to talk with somebody where you're going to say, hi, I'm writing this spec and it's about this dog that attacks everybody. And like, so you don't mm-hmm. feel... You're going to feel vulnerable, but you just have to kind of move on from it. As long as you feel comfortable talking about these things, that's your goal, buddy. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll offer that on Act 2 in 2023 with our Patreon. Yeah. So this was a very long episode, but Mm -hmm. deserving of it, I think, because we're all starting fresh and we need this accountability for ourselves in order to move our career forward. It doesn't just happen. We actually have to put a lot of effort into our career moving forward. So this helps me. <laughs> I yeah, hope it totally. helps other people. I feel like you you look less stressed than we did at the beginning. Oh, I feel great. I want to say in conclusion, I have 
huge goals. And I think everybody should have huge goals. I agree. When I started saying like, I, I start like small and practical, that's not. Have you been thinking about this the whole time? <laughs> I have because it's like the adverse of who I am. Like I, know. I am, I am not a person who would ever be like, don't write down that you want to direct the next, you know, top gun. Like if that's what your goal is, yeah. then write it down. That's your goal. And I would fully support it. I, I just, what I was saying was just the smaller steps that are yeah. easily, you know. Oh attainable. man. Fucking direct that next Top Gun movie. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I would be so, it'd be so cool to see what that actionable list is. I'm going to put down rebooting Back to the Future on my goals. Please do. Done. All right, we'll talk about that at our next Goal Buddies meeting that I'm inviting myself to. <laughs> so, Josh, how can you reboot? All right. All right, quote of the day. I think that you have to believe in your destiny, that you will succeed. You will meet a lot of rejection, and it is not always a straight path. There will be detours. So enjoy the view. Michael York. Yes. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. I'm Josh Hallman on Instagram, Joshua Hallman on Twitter. And this episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Bag, which you can find on Spotify. Mm-hmm.